Good afternoon. And welcome to Why Is This a Thing? How we doing, gentlemen? Hey. Dandy. Dan- Great. Oh, he's, he's back Beautiful. to Beautiful. Yeah. Audacious. <laughs> Audacious? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just thinking I'm, of adjectives. I'm going Ovine. Oh, <laughs> I'm feeling, uh, God, I don't know. I'm feeling Obtuse. voluptuous. Voluptuous. Volupt- I'm feeling Ooh. voluptuous. Yeah, that's right. I'm feeling like a fucking bear, dude. I'm feeling like a polite ass, <laughs> just very charming bear. Charming little bear. Just a polite little bear. God, I love that little guy. Yeah. Don't you just fucking love Paddington? How can you not love Paddington? Yeah. What manners? <laughs> what table manners? <laughs> Bears Man, are, raise your kids to be like Paddington <laughs> parents out there. All you parents with their, their kids showing their friggin' asses on TikTok. Show them some Paddington. This is the role model that you guys need. I don't know, man. I'm not sure the marmalade is very healthy. You're going to get a lot of cavities well, eating that marmalade. Yeah, perhaps you know what not else isn't healthy? Video game addiction. That's, That's also true. not healthy. Also Playing true. World of Warcraft for <laughs> eight hours a day. Eight, only eight hours? <laughs> I don't think you've ever played World of Warcraft. But. <laughs> Certainly haven't. But I have watched two Paddington movies. <laughs> that is a way that I've I've spent my life, and I and I've spent it well. My God, Paddington! Ah! Oh my God! <laughs> What a what a twenty four hours I just had! What a journey I just went on with that little guy! Yeah, yeah, we got some praise going on here. You're late to the party, both of you. I'm so late because I've seen. I'm ashamed because I I I I, I, saw, I didn't see these movies when they came out, but um yeah I, I saw them a couple years after, and I was like, woo woo these are these are great little movies. I love them. I, in 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 much British media that I have consumed, I have. Oft heard reference to Paddington. <laughs> oft heard reference, and yes. this is some British shit, my friend. <laughs> yes, this is fucking British. This is some British as shit. This is British as beans on toast. <laughs> this, is, this is as British as bad dental hygiene. That's what this is. Hence oh all the marmalade. God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 shameful because I consider myself to be a very plugged in. Uh, fan of cinema I, I frequent letterboxd I, I follow a lot of film twitter people I, I read a lot of reviews and I know especially after the unbearable weight of massive talent that Paddington 2 specifically means a lot to people although yes. both Paddington movies have uh, earned much critical acclaim and yeah for some reason I just didn't take the dive and it's almost like now I feel bad that I'm so late to the party oh. it's no longer cool to like Paddington now it's you know it's just you're uh you're just a follower now you're just a hack there's that yeah that's true, true. it's like a real like it, it's it's such a mainstream thing now that a major comedy that was just released this past week uses it as the running joke the running gag and it's also used in that movie in kind of a i wouldn't say a mocking way but it's kind of like oh how amusing that this relative of a of a of a of a spanish uh uh, drug dealer is so into this bear movie and cries at the end of it and it becomes like this very cheap joke in that movie so I kind of feel like oh now I'm coming in and I'm not going to add anything new to this conversation no. well there's something true to, to to that idea and that like you 
initially, especially with the trailers for Paddington, you see it and you're like, yeah, it's 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 a nice little sweet little kids film, but I'm not going to think much of it. But it's amazing the the accessibility of this movie and how like undeniably sweet and charming it actually is. And then you and again, it's one of those things. The, the minute you see, it, you're like, oh yeah, I, I get why everyone I, loves it. Right. I, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a movie full of real people. I have never almost cried harder than when two <laughs> animated bears hug at the end. Happy birthday, I mean, Aunt Lucy. I almost took a picture of the tears on my face to show you guys, just to prove to you, <laughs> There's, like, it was bad. It's, <laughs> he has no right. It was no, ugly. <laughs> actually, I had this weird moment where Michaela uh, is in the other room. I'm watching the movie, and she hears the music pick up. Uh, and this is when Paddington is... Uh, potentially drowning underwater. Yeah. Right? And she, all of a sudden the music picks up and she goes, oh, did Paddington just get superpowers? Is that why the music picked up? <laughs> did Paddington like, get she's superpowers? She's joking with me. She's Super joking. Super bear powers. That's and then I, and my response is, no, his friends just came to save him. <laughs> but the way I said it, that's the way I thought it. The way I said it was, no, his friend, friends just came. Like, my voice cracked because I almost started crying saying the words. Yeah. It's a devastating third it's act. It's so good. It it's is. Like, what am I doing here? It's baffling how much I cry. <laughs> the hug, Nick. No, actually, it wasn't the hug. It was the buildup yeah. of, like... Before the door opens, right? Yeah. Well, it, the the doorbell, mm. the sound of the doorbell. You're like, oh. Well, it's shit. also it's not just the doorbell. It's just the doorbell. And it's like, why don't you go answer that, Paddington? But, and it's like, but then he goes downstairs. No, and but then you know what's coming, and it's like the, the build up of it of like, you're not gonna fucking make me cry right now. Yeah. Stop it, movie. Stop yeah. it, movie. Stop it, movie. <laughs> but then it's also just the fact that when he comes down downstairs, the entire town that loves this little bear is yeah. there to welcome him to Aunt Lucy. Right. It's just right. The, it's the best. You helped so, me find my keys. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me just tell you, this you movie clean is my a windows. Ch- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I love that he cleaned the guy's windows and that introduced him to like his wife. Right. Then like, he fell in love. Right. <laughs> because he looked out the window for the first time. Because <laughs> of one simple act of kindness. <laughs> Um, no, but I mean, this film is like a Chinese finger trap where like the more you try to not cry, the harder you're going to sob. Yeah. Yeah. Just stop fighting it. Right. Do yourself a favor. Watch this movie and have a tissue box just ready. (laughs) Lean in. But but it's it's not like sad in the way that. No, it's not sad. No, it's so it's beautiful, beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) But it's it's beautiful that human beings thought to make this. That this is an idea that someone had, and you know they're just Kowalski could not make someone cry the same way (laughs) as trying to Paddington kindness. You know, it's just about. (laughs) It's so nice. Well, it's a movie that like you need every once in a while. No, see it. There's if you've ever seen um um. Won't you be my neighbor? Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of like you can you can look at that documentary and be like, oh, this guy has no flaws. He's just this perfect dude. But there is something compelling about doing a story about someone that is just so good and so perfect and lovable, and like that can kind of carry just the heart of the movie. I just and I kind of feel the same way about this. Yeah, I think uh, it's 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 a common misconception, and I, I I'm sure I've said a, a variation of this myself on many a podcast, but. You know, people think that real 
conflates with uh, sadness or darkness, you know, and that's not always the case. Like it's it's not more honest to be mean. It's not more honest to be unkind. It's not more honest to be deceitful. Sometimes like happiness and goodness and cheer exists in the world. And if you highlight it in a compelling way, it yeah. doesn't really matter that there's no flaws to this little bear. Now, obviously, he's quite clumsy. He has a lot of flaws. <laughs> That's true. You know, he's not the most agile bear. You know, he's often getting into hijinks and, and many a messes uh, uh, result. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Goodness can be just as genuine and earnest as evil. That's right. Did it make you want to be a better man, Nico? Did it make you want to stop gambling? And It made me want to be a better bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. Nick. I love it. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this bear. Yeah. My God. How about just like the opening too? Like this movie has no chill with like the high intense drama. The movie opens with Paddington. God knows how he got in this situation. Floating down a river towards a waterfall to his certain doom. <laughs> only to be rescued by two older bears who are like holding a rope down off of like a rickety old rope bridge and to this catch is, this bear. This is like a harrowing scene too because they shot it for real. Holy shit. The bears are fake, of right, course. But right. that's it. Like that's a real waterfall that they're shooting on. That's the other thing I, I, I always appreciated about this movie. Not to get off the, to the track of how how much heart this movie has, but like I was always impressed by like the production of this movie. It's really well made. And just how like, it's like super well made. Like the cinematography <laughs> and, and I was I rewatched the second one last night and I'm just like, Jesus is a good looking movie. <laughs> it's really, really good. fucking good looking movie. <laughs> the the CGI bear does not really look out of place. No, no, not it's, at all. It's like kind of okay. <laughs> And it's not like super hyper realistic CGI. Like he's a cartoon ass bear. Right. But he fits in with the aesthetic very well. Right. So. Well, I think it helps that they they kind of set it in a in a in a uh, like a slightly parallel universe. Yeah. Where it's not really the past. It's not like a period piece. There's still some modern technology, but some of the technology hasn't caught up yet. It's like they have modern cameras. But the phones are like still old fashioned rotary things. Yeah, well, you ha- you have to look at it that it exists in a similar universe as like I don't know something out of Curious George or Winnie the Pooh, where it's like these characters just just kind of exist in this world, and we don't need to explain it. Right. It I- feels like the year twenty twenty in terms of like sensibility and yeah. stuff, but just the general production design is a little dated. Yeah, sure. I, I am firmly convinced that the invention of the cell phone has been the biggest like hampering to any writer. TV right. writer. Oh, for they, sure. Like, yeah. Get around, yeah. TV and film writers fucking hate cell phones. <laughs> they hate them, I mean, especially sitcom writers. Where, you know, in the 90s, there would be a plausible reason for George, Elaine, and Kramer to get together in Jerry's apartment. Now they would just call each other ahead of time. You know, now they would well, just also, text like, each other. It's Do you so want to hard the for there to be misunderstandings. Right. Uh, or, like, you know, you're trying to find someone. No, oh, where are they? Like, you, you, none of that works. Yeah, you want characters in the same room as each other. Yeah. Horror movies have it bad. Horror movies have it really bad. Totally. Yeah. Scream Scream actually did it well recently with that that opening, but it's it's tough. Texting is a hard thing to communicate on screen. It's, you know, you can put the the, uh, House of Cards style text bubbles on top of the action, and I just find that. I hate that. Always distracting. Super dated already. Yeah, just yeah, it is. Well, it was dated the second it it started. House of Cards was the first time I saw it, and I'm like, this is. 
yeah, this is not. I I'm I'm doing a, a, a horror short right now, and the my the guy I'm working with, my lead actor, was saying, um, yeah, we should do the bubbles, and I'm just like, no, bro, no, <laughs> no, I'm just gonna shoot your text. Right, we're gonna do that. It's right. fine, right. <laughs> which is okay. Like the nice thing about that too is. That is technology that people recognize because so often mm-hmm. you see a, a, a an emulation of a cell phone that is neither Android nor iPhone. <laughs> and it's like, what is this supposed <laughs> to be? Right, this yeah. is not a screen I am familiar with. Mm-hmm. And considering that we use cell phones for six, seven hours a day, like you can't cut corners on that shit. It's not like back in the day when Sandra Bullock made the net, you know, <laughs> it's like our war games with, uh, you know, uh, from the late 80s. Like we didn't know how computers worked. Now we know how texting works. So you you can't get away with like cutting corners using royalty free images to communicate your your uh, your online persona. I think that's a good idea. By the way, we need to do a string of fil- like the most dated films in history, like mm-hmm. Hackers or something. Yes, we need to do some films like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sneakers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how dated can you get? I think I think like 2005 is the year you want. Mm. You know what I mean? Like right around that age, you'd see like just the total misconception of how computers work and how hacking works. Well, the Jason Bourne series is certainly pretty high it would be on that like, list. Well, it would be like if they made a movie today about somebody stealing Bitcoin. Yeah. And like how that would come across because, you know, it would be written oh, by it would be written by like a 50 year old dude writing right. a script about these guys who were stealing Bitcoin and right. it's not going to make any sense. And 10 years from now, it's going to look hilarious. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> You're right, though. Young people don't write movies. Right. Older people write movies. Writers, it, it feels like writers begin life at the age of 50. You know, it's like there, there was, they did not exist before that. So, yeah, they're always the ones sort of behind. But this movie, I back to Paddington, makes the smart choice of, again, setting it in a world that kind of feels like ours, but also feels like one gone by. And uh, you can sort of get away with less animation. It like it doesn't look like, for example, Tom and Jerry in the middle of Times mm. Square. You know, running around like that just is always going to look tacky. It's always going to look goofy. Here, it's like, oh, it's like I'm reading an old storybook, an old yeah. picture book that yeah. maybe I stumbled upon in the children's section of a library. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the animation looks good. Also, the animation is just good. It's just, oh, yeah. It's, it's just great. it's well done. It's just good CGI. It's also just good direction, though. Like, like there's a lot of creative visual ideas to emphasize that picture book element, particularly in this one where they're making the marmalade, where it's like that's not actually how you would do it. But you get the impression immediately. And there's it just has a ton of silly whimsy with just how much sugar they pour in. Yeah. There's just like the way he's flipping the oranges over his head and Brendan Gleeson squeezes them in half a second. And then, boom, there's your oranges. It's right. like, yeah, I get <laughs> it. I would also say that, like, a lot of the things they include like the marmalade sandwiches they look real in the way that a real like tea sandwich looks fake you know how like Mm. when you look at a cake and it looks it's a real cake it's right in front of you but it looks fake they Mm. include a lot of those types of items in the set and it sort of blends the world between like real life and cartoon good call yes yeah yes yes Totally. Um, I completely agree. Yep. Totally. Well, the color scheme in particular. Yeah. Like, that neighborhood doesn't look like a real neighborhood that you would live in. <laughs> but it does. But it, it's Right, but real. it does. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But they actually built it. Right. And it's How the same you... way as, like, all of the prisoners halfway through the movie are all wearing pink. 
<laughs> sure. It kind I, of it helps with the whimsy. It is a joke, but it sets the tone nicely. But yeah. I also love that like metaphor of what Paddington brings to a situation whenever he's there. Like he's he quote unquote messes up, but he's still making everything a little bit better. Everything's now pink and bright and lovable. It's like, <laughs> right. all right. Just can't help himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know what'll fix the ketchup. Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, was it mustard? <laughs> No, that's just made it worse. It's the best. <laughs> and then you have, it's... on the receiving end of these jokes, some of the great British character actors ever. Like, you got Brendan Gleeson showing up. You got Hugh Grant just fucking throwing haymakers every scene. A billion miles an hour. In this My movie. goodness. He is one of his best performances. Well, he said this. I I, I think uh, some publication wrote um, a, a piece on him a few years ago about like the Hugh Grant renaissance. Mm. And a lot of people think that Hugh Grant has sort of transcended, much like Matthew McConaughey, oh, yeah. his rom-com persona and is now just like doing great work, but still being Hugh Grant. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 he even acknowledged like, ugh. Hugh Grant is showing up for the sequel of a children's movie about a talking bear, like how the mighty have fallen. Right. And I think his exact quote was actually, it's the best movie I've ever done. <laughs> it's really a shame. It's the best movie I've ever oh, been a part that's, of. That's great. Uh, and it's the performance that I'm most proud of. And yeah, he's, he's unbelievable in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, Peter Capaldi shows up. Uh, in a bit part, uh, 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 Michael Gambon plays the the, dad. the uncle. Yeah, the uncle. I always yeah. want to say dad, but yeah, you're right. It's yeah, the is you know the uncle Ben essentially yeah. of of the Paddington universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sally Hawkins. <laughs> Sally <laughs> Hawkins. Yeah. <laughs> but there's another like like good like like bit part characters uh, in regards to like like making a good impact is in the first movie with Michael Gambon's uncle character. The whole scenes in the jungle, I just can't get enough of in that ridiculous contraption they make to squeeze out the marmalade. Yeah. And then you get like one of the saddest scenes in these two movies. I yeah. know. And yeah, Michael Gambon, uh, his character uncle Pastuzo. Pastuzo. I was like, what the hell's his name? It's a funny name. Pastuzo. Uncle Pastuzo crushed by a tree. It's, it's very sad. It's a very violent way to go out too. Yeah, just tree lands on your head. And then he takes the hat. <laughs> takes a little, little red hat. <laughs> that red hat dude the red hat it's it, it is so perfect the red hat and that that blue uh that blue coat i think i used to have a paddington bear stuffed animal uh-huh. when i was a little kid and he had like his yellow boots so i'm I'm hoping in the sequel he gets his yellow boots that's what i want to see yeah where is the origin story Where's, for the yellow boots i'm just saying guys i mean they did in the latest hercule poirot movie give an origin story for his mustache. That's so true. I would like one yeah. for the yellow boots. Yeah, <laughs> did they too. really? <laughs> origin story for the mustache? <laughs> did, did Agatha Christie write that in the, the original text? I don't think she thought that hard about it. Nick. <laughs> Seven minute, cold open, black and is white. This, is this black and white? Yeah. Oh God, I gotta pop that on today. <laughs> it's fucking seven minute scene. <laughs> and you're like, where is this going? Well, I'll tell you where it's going. It's how the mustache came to be. No lie. It's it, that is the opening of the movie, and it's like really this is what we're in for. How does how does it transcend past he grew it? Well, there's a reason why he grew it. What's the reason? Well, you'll you'll find out. Well, his wife, who died on tragically the on the Nile, <laughs> had a mustache just like it. <laughs> 
it's even stupider. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. All right, I'll just spoil it really quickly by saying the the line at the end of this cold open is of his lover going, "Well, you'll grow a mustache." Cut to opening credits, death on the night. <laughs> <laughs> you'll grow a mustache. Ugh, not Jesus a good movie. Christ. Not Ugh. a good movie, but also very watchable. Okay, very watchable. Uh, yeah. Oh, our boy, um, our boy from Pompidou shows up in the first one as a cab driver. That's right. Yeah. Uh, my, Matt Lucas. Mm-hmm. Everything coming full circle here for us. Uh, who else do we need to explain that? I don't know if every like 50 episodes we need to explain what Pompidou is and why that matters to us. <laughs> no need. Julie okay. Wal- Walters shows up as Mrs. Bird. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really stacked cast with like. Really good craft behind the scenes. It's kind of a miracle that these movies are as good as they are, is really what I'm trying to no, say. No, yeah, they, they should not be anywhere near as good as they Nicole are. Nicole Kidman is the villain in the original movie. Again, here we go, because I, yeah. I complain about Nicole Kidman all the time. Perfectly cast there. You know, someone whose face <laughs> never moves. It's nice to actually yeah, <laughs> see her cast as a villain for a change. hate her. I, it, it, <laughs> you fucking hate her. Those, those fucking AMC previews are the worst thing ever created. It's I'm tough sorry. now because just, she is a part of every movie we see in theater now that that's what's annoying about it is like she feels like she's everywhere because she is everywhere well i mean nick you're right but like we when we went to go see the north man (laughs) and then she's really good in the north she's really good in the north man yeah that's the best she's been in like a while she's she's really good yes again because she's she's a piece of shit she should She's excellent in that. Her, but, fa- her yeah. face was particularly weird in that, particularly in like the interior scenes when he's he, uh, he's finding out about the fact that his mom like wants him dead. Right. Her face was all like eh. purposely so. She got a weird face, guys. She does. Yeah. <laughs> Heartbreak feels. Yeah. She kind of looks like, like a skeleton. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, hard that's... to not move your face like that. It is. It's difficult you have to work at it because here they are. <laughs> It's very tough. <laughs> that was uncanny. I wish this was a video <laughs> podcast. I mean, that was beautiful images on a silver screen. I don't even think she does because because visual gag uh, listeners. I did the I did like the raise the eyebrows, but I don't even think she does that. Yeah, she just doesn't. It's just her lips that move. It's really creepy. Uh, here they are. We maybe she's better. working towards just full scale ventriloquism, and she just <clears> won't move her lips either. That would be kind of amazing, actually. Just, just like complete still face. Be like, That's... man, was this a voiceover? No. <laughs> Could you imagine no. scenes where they do a cut to the actor, their mouth doesn't move, <laughs> but but dialogue's coming out. <laughs> imagine actually watching an entire movie where there is dialogue, but not a single character actually talks. <laughs> it's just all voiceover, but their faces. That would be um... uncanny to watch. That would be so. I mean, that kind of happens in everything, everywhere, all at once. And for one oh, scene, I was going to check that out one of these yeah. weeks soon. So yeah, yeah, there is one scene where that happens. Guys, not to go on too much of a tangent here, but I just pulled up the AMC A list Reddit page, uh, and there <laughs> apparently was a guy. I'm not sure where this took place in America, but it was at an AMC theater. There was a couple handing out sheets of paper before the movie movie started. I think they went to go see The Northman. Okay. And uh, the page is titled The AMC Pledge of Allegiance. Here are the instructions written on the page. 
After the don't ruin the movie promo, a pair of heels should step into an AMC puddle. Please, if you're comfortable, stand up and uh, recite the following along with Nicole Kidman. (laughs) (laughs) We come to this place for magic. (laughs) We come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, to care. Because we need that. All of us. <laughs> You're supposed to do it with yes, the hand <laughs> over your heart. What the fuck? <laughs> I love that they give you the words so you can do it. Oh man. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn together. <laughs> Sounds much more ridiculous when you read it straight. Dazzling images on a huge silver screen. Sound that I can feel. Now this is in bold caps lettering here. They they bold this on the page. This is important. Somehow heartbreak feels good in a place (laughs) like this. Our heroes feel like the best parts of us. And stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here they are. AMC theaters. We make movies better. It's wild that they do that in front of every movie now. <laughs> Where was this taking place? I don't know. Some a- I imagine it was in LA. It seems like an LA thing. But we should get that going in Plainville. Seems uh, I'm like trying to track idea. it down. That's funny. Right now. See if I can find who this rogue couple is handing out the AMC Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> is it a joke? What is What the fuck is that? I really I, love that. That's we need so to start funny. doing these in school, you know? When the school day begins, As everyone a, please turn to the television. Nicole Kidman is is uh, going to recite the AMC Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Why did they play that in front of every movie? It's like a minute long. It, no, it sucks. What well, a waste of time. Because movies are important and we're forgetting how important movies are. Oh, my God. Remember, remember COVID? COVID is the enemy. <laughs> it's an easy way to convince you not to go to the movies, though. It is. Yeah. Dude, 25 minutes of previews. Almost half an hour long before the movie yeah, actually starts. Well, but, you know, it'd be one thing if it was actually 25 minutes of previews, but it's like 15 minutes of, like, the movie theater promoting themselves. Yeah. And yes. then, like, you get three or four trailers. More sometimes. You know? Yeah, more than that. But I want more. Personally, I'm that guy who wants more trailers. I want but trailers what I that... Want, Here's what I want is the second I walk into the theater, I want only trailers nonstop. Show me every fucking trailer you got. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want any commercials. I don't want any join the AMC stubs member, whatever <laughs> bullshit. I, I don't want any of that. I haven't showed up before Go the trailers popcorn. in a long time because now you get the reserved seat. So there's no need to really get to a movie early anymore. But what do they show before the movie starts these days? Is it still like. <laughs> Access Hollywood presents a behind-the-scenes look of. Well, that's you know. kind of. I was trying to find the name of the program because I go to Cinemark uh, sometimes as well, and uh, they have this uh, woman who does like a before-the-show sh- little show, and it's like an Access Hollywood kind of. It's like Maria <laughs> Menounos, right? Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Maybe this is. It'll be like <laughs> Maria Menounos takes you behind the scenes of Minions Two. <laughs> Right. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe this is and a really... Also, they're trying to push this phone app where oh, on the, the screen totally. they'll have yeah. like Dumb. asteroids and you put your phone up and you shoot the asteroids with your phone and shit. 
Yep, this is how you beat Netflix. Yep. (laughs) You know what? I I would. This is how you're gonna take them down. (laughs) I I. I, I wouldn't mind for like those Maria Menounos things. They show like retro trailers and they put a little sign up retro tra- trailers and you see like the original trailer for like Alien. And that's oh, not that'd be bad. dope. Yeah, that'd be Just cool. show old trailers. Yeah, like Jaw- the Jaws trailers really good. Oh, you're there. so fucking right. Yeah. You're so right. They should have a streaming service mm. of just these old movies and they show the trailers to promote the streaming service. The Back to the Future trailer rocks. Holy shit, yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah. Because a lot you of know times what they could probably also do. They could yeah. probably put on like fucking reruns of Seinfeld, like in between <laughs> the movies. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> why not? Gentlemen, we just took down Bezos with that idea. That is how you take down old Bezos. movie trailers and episodes of Seinfeld. I love it. Let's always do it, running. Let's let's let's. That's we gonna got- convince the kids to drop twenty bucks on a Friday. That is gonna. <laughs> No doubt. <laughs> An Alamo Draft House would definitely purchase that idea. Alamo Draft House should do that. Yeah, why why I'll, don't they do that? AMC occasionally will show like a retro movie. Every yeah, once in a true. while. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, they'll have a movie from 30 years ago. I, I think I saw Ghostbusters and I saw Purple Rain in a theater. Yeah. But you're right. They should put the old trailers before the old movie. Mm-hmm. They should not be showing new trailers in no. front of Purple Rain, you know? No, 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 no. Not yeah, I, I shouldn't be, you know, advertised... A Top Gun Maverick ahead of Sound of Music, you know. Well, for, for, they show Back they to the Future even... at AMC all the time, so you do like the movies of 1985, right? Yeah. That's, That's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, great like, idea. Just show like you know trailers from 25 years ago, like what was happening literally 25 years ago yeah, in this cool. theater, right? You know, yeah. Let's call up AMC, um, guys. We got an idea for you. God, that's a great idea. <laughs> now I know most people would be like, "Why am I being advertised?" <laughs> <laughs> the Exorcist Three, but <laughs> it's the ex- <laughs> it's the immersion, it's the experience. To me, that makes perfect sense. I don't know, like I'm such a loser. That's that'd be a lot of fun, though. Oh no, man, we need to. I think one day, starting a movie theater is one of my dreams. I'd I think, like, that. just a maybe just a single screen or a duplex or something. No. You know, like kind of like Quentin Tarantino bought that theater in L.A. and. Now he only well, and, shows like, you know. Yeah, if you only show like old movies, you can actually make that profitable. Like yeah. you can actually make money off of ticket sales. Yeah, you can. Yeah. If you only show like old retro movies. Just get the original print, you know. That that's And and I, I bet you a lot of these old film reel, actual film reel projectors, I bet you those are not I mean, I'm sure they're kind of expensive, but I bet you you could track a couple down. Oh, absolutely. Then you got to have a guy in the back, though, changing out the cartridges. Yeah. You know, like they, you'd get the, the, the black dot to let you know mm. time to switch the reel over. Do you have one guy just for the really uh, uh, film, niche film geeks occasionally every other weekend splices in some porn for them? Yeah, I think. I'm okay with that. Why not? A frame it's, of porn? Uh, why I not? I Listen, the history of cinema is uh, incomplete. <laughs> it's a we- <laughs> without that's true an acknowledgement of deep throat. Mm. You know, like it's it's it really is like pornography is a major part of moving picture. <laughs> I just think of like really absurd images from other films. Like you're watching The Little Mermaid, and then you get one frame of pink flamingos. <laughs> I heard Penn Gillette talking about this one time oh, when no. he made The Aristocrats. Yeah, a lot of families mistook the name of that movie as the Aristocats. Oh no. Remember that old Disney flick? Yeah. 
And uh, I, there was one particular story where uh, I, I think there was a mother and two kids walked into the theater to see the aristocrats. And they walked out a half hour later. Mm. And the guy at the booth was like, it took you a half hour? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where did you think it was going? Where like, the animated cats? What was what was your out if not thirty seconds in? You right. know, like clearly. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Anyway, <sighs> what were we on the subject of? Oh, more family friendly movie. Yeah, yeah. Pa- Paddington Two. Um, so y- you believe that Paddington Two is superior to the original? I don't know. I really love that first movie. I love it too. It's really hard. It's you know, it's like picking children here. You know, I. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If I'm to dock anything from Paddington Two, like the escape is like just the Grand Budapest Hotel escape, like to a fucking T. A lot of Wes Anderson influence for sure. Yes. So maybe, but it's so good. I don't care. It's like yeah. I well, it's know. actually Superman Two, the, the <laughs> hot air balloon and prison escape. Yeah, that's right. It's actually that's right. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Uh, Nick, did you watch both movies or just the second? I one? only watched the second. Okay. Uh, First one's really good. I don't know. Like a lot of people ride for that second, and it's great. But I, I really like the first movie. I, I cried way more in the second. I think I laughed more in the first, though. Yeah, me too. That's about right. There's a bit in the first movie where Paddington is in the train or in the subway. What do they call it? The underground in the, the UK? tube. The tube. And uh, there's a little escalator, and he looks at the instructions because he's on the backwards escalator, mm. and it says dogs must be carried. <laughs> But he reads it as dogs must be carried. In other words, you need a dog in order to get down the escalator. <laughs> so Paddington just grabs a random dog yep. and carries it down. Super confident. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Paddington. Oh, and then all that all those hijinks in the in the bathroom. It is great. Old school physical comedy modeled after Charlie Chaplin in in many ways. And I'm not sure that there's a better slapstick comedy movie in the last 20 years. Definitely not. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Charlie Chaplin with the amount of direct references there are, particularly in that second movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. But I guess there's a bunch in uh, uh, the first one, too. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Well, everything with the train is, you know, just a direct uh, um, great dictator yeah. Sort of reference. Modern yeah. times with the gears. And modern. The oh yeah, modern. Li- There's yeah. literally a, a mustache that he blows off. Oh yeah, entirely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the hat itself is also like a nice little Charlie Chaplin yeah. flourish every time I, he loses the hat. I was noticing on, on, when rewatching Number Two, like the amount of like classic, like classic cinema references that there are. Mm-hmm. It was actually re- in like the, the the sweet side of classic cinema, not like fucking Caligari uh, right. <laughs> to, to rope it all around yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah it's it's god the movie's so good I how how it doesn't get much better like one of the more compelling chase sequences you know apart from Fury Road is um uh Paddington trying to give <laughs> aside from Fury Road. aside from Fury Road of course try, uh, Paddington trying to give a guy back uh his wallet that he stole oh that <laughs> is great but he's hanging on to the back of the, the bus yeah bear right <laughs> 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 it's the sweetest thing ever <laughs> it's so good it really is yeah. um and i think like we said before movies in general but also children's movies to a certain extent kind of have a nasty streak to them these days you know yeah uh 
like not just that they're not family friendly, but a lot of times the the humor is very crude or the message is sometimes cynical. And like, I, I do think I like my adult comedies to be filthy and I like my children's comedies to be super clean. Like sure. I, it's kind of like two ends of the extreme for me. Like I'm, I'm kind of, uh, allergic to like curse words in kids movies. Yeah. And then in adult movies, I just want David Mamet fucks <laughs> yeah, yeah. flying around all the <laughs> time, true. you know? And I feel like this is one of the appropriate sort of kids movies where I'm like, I just, feel like I'm wrapped in a warm blanket during this. Well, this is, and I I don't mean to talk disparagingly about these guys because, you know, we love them, but Pixar did do a lot for, like, the kids' films need to be a little more elevated now, you know, even just with Turning Red, which I actually really liked, but there's another example of, like, it can't just be a kid's film. Right. We need to talk about girls having their periods now, which is fine. That's cool. But, you know, if we're we're talking about, um, you know, like, kids' films just being, like, sort of simple and sweet and just, just, you can just eat it up. Right. Yeah. However, this thing does have something to say about prison reform. And like I guess that's also of, true. <laughs> of class and stuff. Yeah. Like, it is, it does have idea. Paddington goes I, to prison. Yes. To yeah. maximum security prison in Paddington 2. Yeah. I'm not sure, though, the message that if they only fed the prisoners marmalade, everything would be nicer. Hey, I, I don't hey. know if that message really... <laughs> What if they were partaking in a, a musical led by Hugh Grant, though? Yeah, singing songs. That might work. I yeah. think that would work. Dude, yeah. that is so good. That <laughs> That's sequence is so fucking good. Yeah. I also kind of love, like, the cold... I, I don't know if it was a reference or just... But there's, like, this famous Cold War story of these guys escaping from East Berlin because they built their own hot air balloon. Mm. Mm. Like, mm. this guy, like, you could only buy, like... Um, a foot of I'm making up the numbers here, but like you can only buy like a two feet of, of cloth or something every month or something like that in uh, East Berlin. So for like years, they were buying just a little bit of cloth and storing it in their basement and then sewing it together into a giant balloon. Yeah. And this guy took apart his own motorcycle and turned it into like the 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 torch to like light up the balloon. <laughs> and they escaped in the dead of night with his family over the Berlin Wall <laughs> in a hot air balloon that they constructed in their backyard. And just watching the guys escape prison the exact same way just kind of made me fucking laugh. <laughs> I don't know. It is great. It is yeah, great. I, I do think there is something to it, though. This idea that you know, these prisoners are hardened criminals because the system kind of creates them mm-hmm. in that image. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they committed a crime to get in there, but they always come out a lot worse for it. And I, I think, like, yeah, I think there there's definitely... There's definitely some there there. I would agree. There's yeah. some bear there, if you will. <laughs> really? Yes, Nico. Yes. There's some bear there, all right. I'll hold for applause. Look at this. <laughs> it's a Paddington clap yeah, right there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> visual joke, listeners. Visual joke. <laughs> some bear there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, sh- should we go through like just some of our our favorite gags? Because again, this guy's always getting into some trouble. He's, this, gonna, he's, a, he's a pesky little bear. He's a silly little bear. He's a silly little bear. Uh, the the stuff at the barbershop shop I thought was quite lovely. Yeah. One of the fun things about like the barbershop shop especially is like how is he going to tear this place apart? Right. I just like what could they possibly do? And it's just the the unraveling is like the most fun thing. It's the same thing in that first movie too with like the the the, the tub riding yeah. down the street, which is just the best. Yeah. I don't know. That first one's really good. In defense of Paddington in this barbershop scene, right? This guy who apparently is a fucking judge 
walks into the barber shop, sits down, says, cut my hair. And Paddington says, I'm not a barber. And he says, <laughs> chop, chop. And uh, then Paddington fucks up his hair. And the guy literally sends him to maximum security prison because of that. That's primarily. True. They said theft and what was the second crime? <laughs> oh, I forget exactly what the is, line is, but yeah. Is there a line relating to the guy's hair in that point? Yes. Oh, I missed um, that. Paddington to crime. Let me see if I can track it down. <laughs> yeah, the burglary is major, but it doesn't seem like there's a ton of hard evidence against him in that moment. There, the, okay, the this, judge was definitely not unbiased. This is one thing I will say about the movie. It's like he didn't have the book, right? So, right, like it's just they just don't like the bear. Very circumstantial. Yeah, heavily I, for ten years in prison. So it's for, for a sweet little bear? I don't know, guys. Heavily circumstantial. I and it, yeah. I, I, if, you know, they actually did put him away, he needs a better lawyer. You know, like he's <laughs> terrible lawyer. Like bad legal representation. There, I think the actual the prison representation is more accurate than the legal stuff. There are no lawyers in this in this in this world, though. They right. don't exist. Right. Well, because no one lies in this world. That's it's true. All yeah, very, everyone's, everyone's just great. Everyone's just honest. <laughs> everyone's honest all the time. Yeah, and so the judge puts him away because uh, Paddington gives him a bad haircut, shaves off part of his head by mistake. Uh, I love. Yeah, when he he's convicted up. for the book, but they 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 do mention a line that like and for you know messing up the hair of a judge or something. They have <laughs> better dialogue than that. <laughs> I love when he's the 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 sheer makes him vibrate. Oh, and he tries the, answering the phone. <laughs> I love how he's like hovering, like it's it's vibrating him so much that he's like hovering across the floor like a bumper car. It is the funniest <laughs> thing. Uh, we should mention that the the whole sort of uh, the plot here, the the driving force of this movie involves a picture book that Paddington stumbles upon in an antique shop. This uh, this book is a, a sort of a. Uh, an immersive uh, guide of London and he wants to send it to his aunt back in darkness, Peru. Uh, I guess she's, she's a hundred years old. She's turning 100. She's, she's an old bear. Not every day that a bear turns a hundred. No, certainly not. She's living in a retirement community in darkness, Peru. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> and he just wants to send this book because she's always wanted to go to London. Yes. But he can't afford the book, of course. It's very expensive, and that's because it's an antique, and it's also because there's a treasure map hidden inside of it. Uh, Paddington, is, Paddington is not aware of this. He just wants to give his aunt the book. He doesn't want that treasure. Uh, but Hugh Grant knows all about the treasure, and he is, he is, uh, he's, he's going to find it, come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paddington decides he's going to get a job, multiple jobs, straight, yeah. in order to pay for this book, collect enough pennies, and store them in his ears. And uh, <laughs> he picks up a lot of odd jobs. There's a whole montage of him, again, working at a barbershop, working at an aquarium, cleaning windows, and just getting into loads and loads of trouble. Yeah. That cute little bear. Um, eventually, Hugh Grant, this struggling actor who's looking to revive his Broadway or not Broadway, uh, West End career. That's right. Uh, Got to change all my references to British here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he, uh, he steals the book in the middle of the night. Paddington is framed after a, a very long chase involving Paddington riding a dog like a stallion. <laughs> Another great <laughs> action set piece. <laughs> uh, Paddington goes to jail. Hugh Grant uh, testifies against him. In court, and meanwhile, 
begins looking for the treasure, going to various uh, uh, monuments and famous locations throughout London, disguised Count Olaf style <laughs> as a, a nun at one point, a priest at another point. Yeah. The hottest nut the guy's ever seen. <laughs> no. Stop the... that stunning nun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just love the dialogue too. By the way. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, eventually, uh, Paddington's family realize the Browns realize that uh, Hugh Grant is the guilty party. They've been searching for this guy that Paddington claims stole the book. Um, they find him. There's a whole uh, action set piece on a on a train at the end I, after Paddington the, breaks out of prison with the help of Brendan Gleeson. Which the train sequence, if I'm to pick one, like what a great finale! Yeah. Just those little details, like of the of uh, the dad doing the split. Open up your mind, and your legs will follow. Jean Claude Van Damme style. Yeah, Remember yeah, that video? exactly. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> but but it's um, the. It, I was gonna say the candy apples on the feet. Oh my, my god! Thing. God, it's just that's it's, so Mission Impossible. It's great. Well, there's an even more explicit Mission Impossible in the first movie, Nick. But yeah. by the way, you need to watch this immediately. <laughs> Oh man, but the first one now that like yeah, what's, what's my favorite? He's climbing up like a furnace, it, like it's like a it's like a vent essentially, and he finds two handheld vacuum cleaners and he uses the handheld vacuum cleaner yeah, cleaners so as suction cups, like Tom Cruise does in the first Mission Impossible, right, yeah. and he scales up a wall, and they actually play the Mission Impossible music. Oh, him. that's yeah. great! Yeah. But 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 as he's climbing up, the batteries for those little vacuum cleaners they start to die. Right, and he almost slips and falls to his death. To his death. Oh no! Before his family catches him. That's right. Oh, that's sweet. How mm. about the, the 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 messenger tube scene in that first movie? Oh my God! Jesus, it's God. so good. It's the best. <laughs> I I guess the big question uh, about all of this is, um. Is Javi justified in calling Paddington to his third favorite movie of all time? Yes. Uh, no, it, it's too low. Yeah. No, I was going <laughs> to say. Too low. Best movie ever made. What was it? Face Off? Uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. Dr. Caligari and then Paddington 2. Yeah. So do we do we take issue with this? Number three? Just the order, I think. Yeah. I, I is what I'm yeah. concerned about because according to Rotten Tomatoes, this actually is the best movie of all time. Mm-hmm. For a while there. Is that true? Two, for a while, it was Citizen Kane. <laughs> Citizen Kane held a perfect 100%. On Rotten I didn't realize it was this high. <laughs> Listen, had a perfect 100%. They did, rela- they, did, did they, they launch Armand a campaign come to, out? Did they launch a campaign to bring down? <laughs> did Armand White come out of the woodwork and give, <laughs> give Citizen Kane a 1%? A 1%? Just skew the results. <laughs> They recently found a review from the 30s of Citizen Kane. <laughs> oh, come on. A long lost review that the uh, the fine people of Rotten Tomatoes felt compelled to enter into the record. It's a negative review. We have to add it. So they retroactively added it. It knocked the Rotten Tomatoes score down to 99%, making Paddington now the Paddington 2 now the most well-reviewed movie. Well, Paddington is also 99%. Oh, no. The but first, it first has- or second one. Paddington 2, 99%, but it has over 100 more ratings. Mm. So I guess it's the best movie ever made, guys. Actually, it has, it has twice as many ratings, 125 more. 249 ratings of Paddington To 125 2. on Citizen Kane. Mm. So mm. twice as many reviews, but same rating. So definitively, right? I mean. I guess that's it. 
We don't yeah. care about the audience score. We only <laughs> care about critic reviews. No. no. I, is the audience score lower than the critic score? Yeah. Yeah. What's the matter with you people? By how much? What is it? Uh, Citizen Kane's audience score is 90%. Okay. Paddington uh-huh. 2 is 87%. Ooh. That's surprising. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. That's slightly surprising. I mean, it's positive, but like, come on, guys. 90% of the audience, more people, like yeah. average moviegoers like Citizen Kane. I don't really believe that. I don't buy it either. Yeah. I don't think I like Citizen Kane more. (laughs) (laughs) No, but this is one of the things I will say about the rankings, Javi's rankings, is that I... (laughs) Adam, I fucking love this movie, Adam. I know. I I adore it. Yeah, me too. I was a puddle watching this by myself this morning. I'm like, what a way to start a Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was like drinking my coffee while watching this. Like, it's great. It's great. It's it is it is the most endearing thing ever made. No, but one of the things I will say about Javi's ranking is that I legitimately, you know, no irony whatsoever. I do like Paddington too. I think more than Face Off. Yeah, I I actually agree with that. I do. I'm also not the biggest Face Off. Like, I don't I don't dislike by any means, but like, I don't like Face Off the way you guys like Face Off. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah. best movie of all time. It is the best movie. Best movie okay. ever made. It has now surpassed <laughs> Fury Road in my head. I do <laughs> like that definitively. <laughs> is there is it where where do I actually find the is it just top movies here? Uh the the all-time rankings, you're saying? Yeah. I will tell you what though, in terms of like all-time movies in terms of like the way the internet, you know, expresses what they think the best movie ever made is that everything everywhere all at once reaction is astonishing yes um it's a little crazy i mean i i think it's a good movie but i'm i am not i'm still taken aback by like how much people love this movie at least online anyway because it's not a movie i could recommend to anybody (laughs) so i don't i don't understand the rotten tomatoes scoring system here because they're ranked one to a hundred, but their ratings do not match. Right. They they have an adjusted score. Hmm. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. I don't really know, but there's some sort of convoluted formula, I guess that it comes from a weighted formula. Adjust Bayesian. for inflation. Sounds like bullshit. The adjusted variation. Inflation. Oh, it's based on the the variation in reviews, numbers and reviews. So the more varied the reviews are, the less high it ranks so they're looking for high ranking consensus oh i see essentially okay so and that your, rating yeah. puts paddington to it 93 yeah that's ridiculous here's the top of all time 10. though i mean that's pretty good <laughs> that's kind of crazy that's a lot of movies like, right? <laughs> i'm like that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah i know you're like so it's like, too low you're like wow 93 i'm like <laughs> We're talking of all of film's history. <laughs> Top 10 movie. This movie looks better than five movies nominated for Best Picture last year. Let's be honest. Yeah. It is it is better made than at least five of the Best Picture nominees. Yeah. Here's oh. the top 10. This is why I don't get it, though. Yeah. It, this. Here's the top 10. Number one is It Happened One Night. All right. Fair enough. Classic, uh, classic uh, rom-com. I actually got to be honest with you. Like, most classic films I've heard of, I haven't even heard of this movie. It happened one night? Yeah. Why are you making a mess of my office? Stuff fell over. It, wasn't, it just fell over. It just fell over. On its own. Mm-hmm. Well, on right. its own. 
how Paddington of you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Number, put some mustard on it, Adam. See if that helps. <laughs> Let me get the mustard. <laughs> Number two is Citizen Kane. Okay. Number three is The Wizard of Oz. Number four is the aforementioned Modern Times. Oh, okay, cool. Number five is Black Panther. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. This is what I don't get. This formula sucks. Number six is Parasite. Okay. Relax. Okay. Number seven is Avengers Endgame. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. This is the this is most wishy-washy uh, list. Jesus. <laughs> Number eight. Number eight is Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> right beneath Avengers Endgame, Adam. And <laughs> Avengers so much better than Casablanca. Mind Number you, n- Avengers Endgame has a 94% and Casablanca has a 99%. Yeah, I don't get the suggested <laughs> like, rating. That is bullshit. Number nine is Knives Out. What? And number 10 is Us. What? What? Hold on. Number 11 is Toy Story 4. <laughs> that's hilarious. Not any of the other Toy Stories. Oh, that's weird. What the hell? Number 12 is Lady Bird. Uh, okay. Number 13 is Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, you're going to love 17 and 18, Adam. Oh, no. <laughs> number 14 is Black Klansman. Black Kika Klansman. Black Kika. <laughs> number 15 like is Get Out. That. Okay. Number 16 is The Irishman. Uh, number right. 17 is The Godfather. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Number 18 is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, no. <laughs> number 19 is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. What? I could just go through this all day. 20 is Moonlight. 21 is Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> 22 is All About Eve. 23, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Number 23. Uh, uh, right ahead of wait. the Philadelphia Story, Roma, and Wonder Woman. No, Face Off is not on this list. Are you kidding me? Where's Face Off on this list? Don't see it. Javi. Wonder Woman? Yeah, no, I mean, this list is going to be skewed towards newer movies because yeah taking the number of ratings into account isn't really fair no this is an impossible task yeah. R- ranking yeah. all-time movies is an impossible task especially if you crowdsource unless you it get, in that way unless you get 500 movie reviewers and you ask them to review old movies as well so that you're actually comparing apples to apples here it's tough though like their perception on movies is just very different now you know i i don't know Someone, some major publication did a poll. I forget what it was, but it wasn't like a, wasn't like the the British Film Institute or whatever, like the sight and sound poll. It was, oh, here, yeah, Empire Magazine. You have to do a poll, I guess, yeah. Did like a top 50, and again, Avengers Endgame was like number one. What the fuck? You know, like it was... It, it's you. You can't do. You can't do polls like. And that. Guess what? The only two Star Wars movies on this list are The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. That's crazy. Like, it, the, like, like, why even publish that list? There's no reason right. for that. It's just it's not so doing obviously us any good. flawed. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That, I don't right, like Seven that. Samurai Adam is number 49. Don't worry. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I made don't worry. <laughs> what is it sandwiched in between? Um, E.T. <laughs> and La Grande Illusion. The, oh, the Grand Illusion, Grand Illusion from 1938. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's that's fine, I guess. But Rear no. window coming in at 47. There we go. <laughs> Pretty good. Thor Ragnarok at 42. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stop, like, guys. I can't do this. This is good, but this it ain't as good as Thor Ragnarok. No. <laughs> we got to stop. We got to stop. This list is cancer. <laughs> that's fucking horrible. 
I can't believe the, the the Avengers movies are as high as they are. I, I, I mean, I can. That's, but, no, that's a stop. No, but it, that's there are critics reviewing these. These are people that get paid to do this for a living. What was Black Panther five? Number five. Oh my god. Not as good. I as feel like I want to take this list and I actually want to. I want to keep them in the order that they're in, but instead weight the rating percentage first. So take all of the 99s first, but in order that they are listed as 99s. Godfather Part 2, number 99. Spider-Man Homecoming, number 98. <sighs> okay. I'm going to rework this list in between episodes. I, I want Alien, number 84. Zootopia, number 83. Holy shit. <laughs> Zootopia. <laughs> you know when the last time anybody talked about Zootopia was? Hold on, let me look up the year it came out. 2016. That's a great movie. That's a great That's, movie. It's Don't a great you movie. dare fucking sleep on Zootopia, Nick. No, no, okay. I want to be very clear. I was blown away by Zootopia in 2016. I saw it in theaters. I was blown the fuck away. Incredible movie. And then I never thought about it again. That sounds about right. That's a great movie. Uh, yeah, but but what, have you watched it? Okay, how many times have you watched it? Multiple times. How many? Like two. <laughs> okay. But have you watched it in the past three years? <laughs> Probably not. It's next no. to Alien, though. Holy One ahead of Alien. Oh my god! See, some of those movies, and we've talked about this in the past. There's like, there comes a point where I don't even bother ranking the movies. It's like I don't see yeah. the point in it. Well, this is where we need Elon Musk with the brain chips mm. to really come in and save the day, mm. because Are then have- he can actually measure how often we're watching these movies. Ah, there we you go. You can measure the our our brain and how our brain is reacting scene by scene. We can get average, you know, spikes in brain activity. Mm-hmm. For this reason alone, I am pro brain chip. I am very pro brain chip. Let's I mean brain. brain chip, yes. And then take those results and feed them directly into Twitter. Mm. Send those Twitter alerts directly into my Tesla. So boring. while I'm driving while watching Casablanca, I can be informed that Casablanca's good. That's this what is- I need. This is a genius idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts, Nico? I wish you were joking. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> Couple other notes I had about padding to do here real quick. I do love just for the internal logic of the movie and also just to keep the movie crowd pleasing and entertaining that everyone just acknowledges that there's a bear in a top hat and a and a fucking yeah, yeah. blue coat just walking around and it's like yeah. they th- there is some level of surprise but it's not complete shock and awe and i think like for the movie what? to be effective <laughs> and for it not to be completely distracting you need to sort of write that internal logic into it that's true the level of surprise is oh you're a bear what's your name Right. Exactly. Well, well, because I I remember when I was when I when I saw the first one, I was I was waiting for them to be shocked that it's a talking bear. And then they're not shocked. I'm like, and they set the tone right away. He he shows up at the train station and everyone ignores him. Yeah. It's like the most shocking thing about him is that he's wearing clothes. Yes. You know, it's like they're not shocked by his ability to speak English, but Mm -hmm. they're kind of shocked that he is working at a barbershop, you know, and I think like they they calibrated it in the perfect way where there's just the right amount of absurdity built into the character and built into the world. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, the the nation of Britain is already that level of absurd. Right. It's pretty like on its face. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things about (laughs) it's it's, I will say it is 
this type of story is well well suited for for England and the English sensibilities and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But and the, the, especially with some of the visual comedy, um, I was going to comment like when I saw the first movie, um, one of the things that. Uh, little thing, but it immediately got me into the movie before the train station scene was when he has the marmalade in the boat and he's eating the marmalade and whatnot and he's throwing the jars like, you know, to show that time has passed because there's like a cross dissolve yeah. and there's like a comical amount of jars just way more than he actually had with him. Right. And I'm just like, oh, it's this kind of a movie. Oh, sure. Interesting. And it kind of eases you in. But not... Looney Tunes, I fall off the cliff and I stay there for five seconds. Like it, no, it, it, no, it, it's no. the right amount of whimsy. It's mm-hmm. the right amount of quirk. It's the it's just it's the right amount of everything. And more or less of it might have turned me off to the movie. Like you referenced before that this is very Wes Anderson in its style, occasionally. And I think that's yeah. correct, but it is not overdone in the way that a lot of modern Wes Anderson movies are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about it too. It's very selective in where it wants to employ these visual gags. And it's also got heart. It's got a tremendous amount of heart. So that's just going to carry you through a lot of it. We didn't talk about, uh, uh, what's the actor's name? Ben Winslow? Uh, Wishaw. Ben Wishaw. Wishaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very good. Very good. He he was a last minute replacement. It was supposed to be Colin Firth in that role. What? He had to drop out like a few months before the movie was slated to be released. And I think it's a much better choice. Like... I don't know. A bear with the voice of Colin Firth is not as innocent. It's not as young. It's no, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, 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 there probably would have been a little more of a wink to it. There would have been a little more shtick with Colin Firth, whereas Ben Wishaw just plays him like a young boy with good manners. You yes. Know? Yes, yes, yes. And I think you need him to be a kid. You know, you yeah, you give him Colin Firth's voice. It's a different movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing uh, anything out of the King's Speech. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't right. really work at all. Doesn't really play yeah. in that way. <laughs> um, yeah he's great uh, we talked about Hugh Grant already mm-hmm. just look at that handsome devil <laughs> dazzling eyes yeah I'd also like to mention like not a single like forgettable supporting character yes and I say you know you say that about both of these movies but it's it's always double down here you know I mean I mean the the the, the asshole neighbor with the with the yellow coat uh, yeah Peter Capaldi oh, wasn't he Doctor Who at one point Nick was he Oh, you think I watched Doctor Who? I thought you did. <laughs> no. Who do he, I know that watches Doctor Who? He looks like he could have been a Doctor Who. Uh, I think he was though. I think he yeah, he was Doctor Who. But but he's very Why good. Why do I think you watched Doctor Who? I'm sorry to insult you in that in that way. <laughs> I I didn't want to, you know. I I do have a threshold of nerddom that I won't cross. Yeah. And is Doctor Who the threshold? I guess it it's, is. It's it's uh it's one of them. It's it, the actual threshold is um probably about i don't know like 200 episodes of anything <laughs> and right. i'm not going to be involved <laughs> well i feel like there are multiple avenues you can go the doctor who route you could go the star trek route you know yeah i don't do either of those because yeah. again it's the too star, much of it star trek <laughs> that's intense yeah it's the same reason that i don't watch anime because i'm not watching 200 episodes of anything mm-hmm. if any of you have been listening to this podcast since the start you're insane 300 episodes in you're a fucking lunatic okay yeah that's kind of how i feel about it that's fair that's fair you know there's someone that has listened to every single episode jabril 
<laughs> it's definitely Jabril. to every single one. Probably. Jabril, <laughs> message us when the show is released. Give like, me an estimate how confirm. many of you listen to. Yeah, uh, I am uh, so thankful to anybody who's actually like been listening for that long. I just I know that I am not that person. I could not do it. Yeah. You know? God. Yeah, I don't know. There's, that's a lot of episodes. Yeah, I'm saying Jabril's done at least 200 episodes. Yeah, I give me your estimate in the Discord. How many episodes of either this podcast or one Holy of the other shit. ones you've listened to? Mm. Um, I mean, I have basically listened to or participated in every episode of Two Cents. But that's also because I've been in 200 of them. I cannot imagine actually listening to all of them, though. Have I been in 200 episodes? Probably at this point, yeah. Oh, well over. Yeah. You were, yeah, you came in under the 100 mark, for sure. I, I'm See, now I am losing track of time. Because yeah. <laughs> I, yeah... I think at least 250. My guess would be you came in around 50. Okay. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Lady in the Water. First right. one where I was like a regular member. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. No. Every character actor, every supporting part, Brendan Gleeson as yeah. uh, Mr. Knuckles. Oh, it's, it's, wow. It's the best. Knuckles <laughs> McGinty. It's the most Real quick, Irish some, thing ever. Some what? facts for you too on just like episode numbers. Star, uh, Doctor Who, 862 episodes for all of it. Wow. Star Trek, 839. Oh, my God. Across All every series? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. You're crazy. You people Jesus. crazy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of fucking television. How many episodes of Survivor have there been? <laughs> Let's find out. I'm 609. To oh, uh, I've seen every one. <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> what about The Bachelor? I haven't seen every one, but just out of curiosity. The Bachelor, two twenty. Mm. Nah, that's it. Yep. Hmm. Thought it would have been more. Huh. Six hundred and nine episodes of Survivor. That's a lot. I've watched every single episode. That's fucked up, Nico. What? That must be the show I've watched the most of. I mean, I guess some random game show, but that doesn't really. Nah. Like Jeffrey, Seinfeld? I watched. <laughs> Seinfeld only had like... Well, it didn't run that long, though. That had like, like, not, not compared to like a game show. No, 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 no. That had like or, uh, 200-ish, I want to say. I think that's about my limit. It's like 2, 250. Yeah. That's about where I'm like, all right, too what much. About, what about The Office for you guys? I've seen every one of those. Yeah, I've seen most of The Office. Only 200 and one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Simpsons probably. Well, what's the Simpsons up to now? This is a I, I'd guess around six hundred or seven hundred, right? Seven twenty-four. I'm still blown away by Star Trek, though. That's a lot of. That's a there's lot a lot of, of series. I know. Yeah, there's multiple series, and there there's people. multiple series, multiple yeah. seasons of each. And that was in the day of it. That was that was back when they would have like twenty, thirty episodes a season. Yeah, that's of right. stuff. Yeah, not like Barry today, eight episodes. That's all you get every till, four years. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm. You know, it's weird what they 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 choose to stick with with syndications. Did you know that? Um, uh, I'm reading the behind the scenes for Fury Road. Still, they were committed to doing a Mad Max syndicated series with George Miller. When? Uh, in the '90s. Really? No, I think it was the yeah no yeah it was the '90s early '90s, and he was like. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool. And they bring him action figures, and they're like, "Holy shit! This is really cool, guys. Thank you." He leaves the room, and then they rush out to talk to him. Like, "Wait, are you are you gonna say yes to the syndicated series?" 
No, I'm going to make another movie. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> He's like, you fucking, fucking nuts. Be caught in purgatory for 10 years. I have a life. Yeah, that's true. But then he spends 20 years trying to make Fury Road. Right. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, I saw I saw a clip on Twitter. Do you remember in the 80s? Well, you don't remember. We weren't around. But <laughs> Do you remember back then, guys? There was a young Indiana Jones oh, series. Yeah. The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford showed up on that show. Did he? In the last 30 seconds of an episode as like, I think he's playing Indy, but they kind of hint at it. Well, no, he definitely is because he has a lasso, but he's just like a guy living in a cabin and he just like shows up at the end and there's like they're in the middle of like a, a snowy tundra of some kind. And as the bad guys go to escape the cabin Indy essentially creates an avalanche and the, the bad guys get caught under the snow okay. and then he just walks away as they play the Indiana Jones music. And that was Harrison Ford cameoing in a like random ass Saturday morning kid show. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, television used to be so unpretentious, you know, like it used to be. Just the most disposable. We're doing 50 fucking episodes a year of Columbo and we're just never going to stop making the show. We're just like every week, 24 episodes at minimum. We're in the writer's room. We're going to film this thing a week before it hits the air and then we're just going to put it out and no one's ever going to watch it again. No such thing as a rerun, Mm. you know? Yeah. We're not going to sell the DVD box set. There was no, (laughs) you know, it was just so unpretentious. I also feel like it was a great place for people to like learn the craft. Yeah. Because like, oh, yeah. not only does it not matter, like you can just do whatever the fuck you want, but also you're working half the year on one show mm-hmm. every fucking week. I mean, didn't they used to do TV shows where they would film them and edit them and release them all in the same week? South Park did that. So. South Park still does that. Yeah. But they used uh, to do that, I think, with shows. They would actually like read the ratings in real time and adjust the script as they went throughout the season. Like A lot of them were filmed live. Yeah. yeah, that's true. A lot of a lot of sitcoms were filmed live. Soap operas were filmed live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now they still do soap operas like that. They still like shoot it the day before. But yeah, yeah. They, I mean, it's it's crazy. It used and, to be a play. It used to be a television play, essentially. Cool. And they'd have a live you audience. Can't learn and, like that anymore. There's no messy sandbox for you to learn in. We got right. a lot of great people out way. of that that era too. Yeah, know, to a degree. So it's kind of yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And they, I don't know, they were good. I felt like old sitcoms, you watch them now, they still hold up in many ways. I would agree. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, I I, I think there is a happy medium. I wouldn't trade the world for Barry. I wish that Barry didn't take three-year breaks in between episodes, Mm. you know? like I I think there's some sort of medium where you can... It doesn't have to be perfect, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to spend three years crafting the perfect set of eight episodes i'm only okay with that if it's almost like part of the joke of the series where it's like larry david does curb your enthusiasm if he feels like it right like that's okay right but but you're saying that they do they take those breaks to make it just pristine and perfect well i think covid well i the story that i heard about the latest season of barry is that covid shut down production they were going to start shooting the next week Mm. when when the world shut down and then when they were in the writer's room they were sort of like oh we should start writing season four. And as they wrote season four via zoom, they realized that they wanted to change a lot of stuff from season three. So then they went back and rewrote all of season three. Okay. And so that's why that took forever. But yeah, again, like Lucille ball didn't have that kind of time. <laughs> right. Oh, poor Lucy. She's just it. like, we're, we're filming on Friday. Yeah. 
Lucy had it rough. As being the Ricardos uh, lays out for you, it's still have not seen that one. Tough business. Yeah. Tough business. What else did I want to say here? Uh, oh, I did love the scene in Paddington 2 where the family goes to visit Paddington in prison and he introduces all his prison buddies. Oh, yeah. And he gives, in the sides. he gives them all their nicknames, like the Goodfellas, uh, like opening scene. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Here's Jimmy the Snitch. Yeah. <laughs> <Here's>, you know, <laughs> all these great nicknames. It just Tommy two times. Tommy, Tommy two times would fit in really nicely yeah, with would. that Motley crew. <laughs> Uh, that's all I had. I don't know. Knuckles McGinty was great. Yeah, I Bullseye know. Brown. All the all the flashbacks with his father. Yeah, that's really right. good. Mister Brown was great. There's not a lot of negative things to say about this movie, guys. It's a perfect movie. It is really yeah yeah. It's strange to say. I know because it's this cute little bear movie, but it's kind of a perfect movie. Yeah. yeah. At the end, uh, they bring Auntie. Home to London. I don't right. think you're wrong to say that it's actually better than every single Best Picture nominee this this year. I might be. Yeah, yeah might it's be. so good. I don't know yeah. about like, uh, was it 2020 or 2019? That year was really good. But 2019's like, 2019's a good year. Yeah, that was a great uh, year. For but this year, yeah, this year, this year is shaping up to be a really good year. I must admit. Yeah. Or I meant, well, yeah, I meant this year's Oscars for last no. year's films. Yeah. yeah. This this would have beat them all. <laughs> yeah yeah honestly isn't that so funny to say though you see like this super uh, adult and, and and mature thing and like power of the dog and it's like yeah step over paddington's gonna kick your ass <laughs> well and Seriously. it's kind of a shame that like paddington 2 would never get nominated for best picture what it, right? I, it was nominated for something there was a push yeah there was a they yeah i want to say it was nominated for a couple things but i don't remember there was some sort of campaign to because I think what happened is it got released in January. Oh. So it kind of got buried there. Uh, it had three BAFTA nominations. Is that right? Okay. Outstanding British Film of the Year. <laughs> wow. Great. <laughs> Holy cow. Best Supporting Actor for Hugh Grant. And Best Screenplay. Best Adapted Screenplay. Three BAFTA nominations. Oh, boy. Look at this. The British just do it better than us. That's funny. Hugh Grant, Best Supporting Actor. Seriously, though, he's he's really good. Who won Best Supporting Actor in 2018? Mm, best Supporting... Oh, I don't remember. Best Supporting Actor. Mahershala Ali? Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. Would you give it to Hugh Grant? I mean, that's a good role, but... Uh, yeah, probably, probably give it to Hugh Grant, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> give it to Hugh Grant. Yeah, why not? This guy, this director, Paul King, is directing the upcoming Wonka film I heard with all Timothy about Chalamet. It. Heard all about oh, it. Oh, I'm so pumped. Gives me hope, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I you saw think, those You think pictures. they're going to walk that line of creepy and charming? This is Much my better. question. What are, they, what are they more inspired by? Is it, is it going to be Gene or Johnny? I don't know. Isn't it weird, though, that like Chalamet looks 12? <laughs> Still. Like, isn't that kind of like he looks like one of the kids he could play Charlie Bucket, you know, he could be one of the kids that he could play both. I mean, he could play both. Do you imagine they go back and forth between (laughs) between uh, the the modern day and young Willy Wonka? That's an and it's just the same actor. He almost could do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Yeah. Uh. The the Paul King thing definitely gives me some hope, though, because, again, I saw the promotional 
material for that. It's a musical. And I'm right? like, yeah. fuck this. Wait, it's a so musical. Hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the original's a musical. Yeah, the well, new one's. I a guess musical. it is. The remake's a musical. I mean, the, <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah, I guess that's true. Even the book's a musical. Sort yeah. of. Sort of. <laughs> there are musical numbers in the book. I swear to God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sung by the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> you just open the page. Boom. Whoa. Slam the book shot. What the fuck? I've got another puzzle for you. <laughs> now, here's the problem is that the, the those ones are in the, uh, the, the, the Gene Wilder one, but the ones in the Johnny Depp one are actually from the book. Mm. Yeah. And I love that book, but that movie sucks. Actually, the guy who plays uh, Oompa Loompa number one is in the X-Files as well. <laughs> is that right yeah. is it fair to say underrated which one the new one the new charlie and the chocolate factory yeah uh under- it is so loathed uh i don't like it man i do not like it I feel do like you, it's but little- do you actively dislike it i kind thought it was fine kinda. it's fine yeah. there's a part of me that's like did we need this movie or no. did somebody just want johnny depp to play willy wonka like he because that's tor- really what happens. He, he torpedoes that movie. It guys. is a horrible bit of casting, but beyond that, yeah. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't think it's that but, bad. But it's it's clearly meant to be a Johnny Depp vehicle, for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's the only reason they remade the movie is because they were like Johnny Depp needs to play. Yeah, you know what though? Fucking Gene Wilder might be creepier than Johnny Depp. You know what I mean? In a in a way, <laughs> yeah. he's more likable. That's the key. It, it yeah. sure is. But I don't know. When they're in that tunnel sequence in that first movie, the, the, great, the yeah. gates of hell or mm-hmm. whatever, like he does that whole There's chant. no knowing where we're going. Where we're going. Yeah. It's like, and even at the end when he goes, good day, sir. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Exactly. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were my cool uncle. He's testing him, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, everybody says, oh, Johnny Depp is so creepy. Well, he is. I he's feel de- like I'm actually less scared by him, though. Like, he's so, like, weird he's such like a a loser yeah that i that i'm almost less scared by him i'm not sure if it's crazy i find him just annoying as hell yeah maybe that's that's what it is maybe it's just annoying yeah Yeah. hard to be creeped out by annoying people yeah yeah i don't i don't i don't like that movie i don't like it it's more hey it's it is more accurate to the book but whatever right yeah That's what everybody was complaining about. Yeah, the first it's one. not 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 <laughs> accurate to the source material. <laughs> really got away from what Raw Dahl was going uh, for. The original intention. <laughs> no, they changed one thing. They they because in the original movie, who's it? Veruca. They change a lot of things in that. Well, Veruca Salt does the is with the eggs, right? That's a bad egg. Yeah, and well, in the book, and it's then, squirrels. And yeah, then they do the squirrels in the new one. Yeah, and the squirrels oh, is much worse. Yeah, it's a bad nut. Yeah. She's a bad nut. Yeah. But there's, you know, the use of the glass elevator in the book is way more, you know, prevalent and it's all over the place. Wow, because there's a sequel. Yeah, that's where right. Where in space. Which the sequel's fucking bananas. They were going to make that movie. <laughs> that movie. That that book is so crazy. God, I want to see that. I want to see, see that movie so bad. Maybe they'll make it. Yeah. What? So is this new movie like a remake of the original or is it kind of like a. No, it's like a prequel. It's a pre- Yeah, it's, I know it's, it's a prequel. It's supposed to be a young yeah. Willy Wonka, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. It's yeah, a young yeah. Willy Wonka, like, but coming into his own kind of thing. Yeah. But as he, he has becomes, like the top hat and everything. Yeah. As he becomes a famous chocolatier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Is that why you thought like, oh, isn't he young? Like, is that why you kind of thought? Yeah. No, no, he's meant to be young. That's why they cast him. 
So it's like him navigating the the business world of chocolate yeah, yeah. underground chocolate industry. I bet you he has yeah, like a, a like a rival chocolatier. Mm, there you go. There you go. And he oh, imagine he like has a rival chocolatier and he like cuts him up and like puts his bones in the chocolate or something like is that where we're going <laughs> yo go horror we're, we're going we're going sweeney todd now <laughs> i think i'm out on the the, the willy wonka origin <laughs> story i'm not into that yeah it's an origin story who the fuck cares he's got a chocolate factory yeah <laughs> he's got an elevator that can fly. A chocolate factory yeah yeah <laughs> Dude, I'm out, dude. Oh, now he's out. Give me the, the Hercule Poirot mustache movie. We shouldn't have Give told me two him. hours of that. I don't even know how the him. chocolate factory came Nika, to Nika be. would be two the hours Hercule. into the movie, and he'd be like, wait a minute. Where's what? Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shouldn't have said anything. That'd be so funny. Oh, I'm so mad now. Yeah. I don't want to see the founder, but with fucking Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. The founder. You fucking... <laughs> Oh, that sounds uh, awful. Does it not Jesus. sound awful? No, it sounds delightful. It sounds like it's going to be a great thing. Ansel Elgort is like a rival chalk. He's Mr. Hershey. Is that who? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this. What do you do? This is a horrible idea. This is how I took down Hershey's. <laughs> this is a horrible idea. <laughs> All right. Let's play a game. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Carey. Give me a job at one of these studios. I will fix these problems. Like This is a horrible pitch. Let me do the red light, green light. You don't want to see the origin story of Wonka? Dude, we lit. What a broken <laughs> world we live in. We've, we've resorted to that. What a broken world where we just have this intellectual property sitting around. And it's like, I guess we could do Willy Wonka as like a Mad Men thing. And it's like, what? You know, we should, we should, there should be like a law where if you make three movies with the same IP, then it's open source. And that'll make the, the, that'll make all the production companies a lot more protective over what movies they make. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. You only get three shots to do it well before everybody else gets to take a crack at it. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, Christ. Poor Friday the 13th. That thing, yeah. that thing be so dead. <laughs> Willy Wonka or that's such a... Who's asking for this? What well, kid is like, you know, I love fucking Willy and I love all that. <laughs> I love it's all, it's, all, it's yeah. all the young girls who love yeah. Timothy Chalamet and they're just like, you know what really makes me horny? Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate and Chalamet. Now, there's a good that point. top hat. There's oh. the pitch. Hear me out, guys. Chocolate and Chalamet. Chocolate covered shirtless Timothy Chalamet mm. as he's swimming in the chocolate river. You know, I love all that, uh, all, all those TVs that shrink you down and transport you across the room. That's, that's all well and good. The bubble gum that blows you up into a giant balloon. Yep. That's oh, fun yeah. and all. What I really want to know is how Willy Wonka got the tax breaks in the early 50s to afford such a massive factory in the middle of London. It's the George Lucas approach. That's what I want to know. You know, I need to just figure out how he Mr. got Prime that Mr. Prime Minister. Mr. Prime Minister. These photos will never 
see the light of day as long as you <laughs> give me my factory. I can't believe you didn't know this. Deacon. No. He's he's filing the patent on the the never ending gobstopper. What do they call yeah, those things? I yeah. hope they fucking do a scene where he's like fighting in World War II and he comes oh back to Britain and God. starts a chocolate factory. Oh, like he's they're like, so fucking... gonna do it. Stop joking. God, <laughs> that sucks. That blows. Oh, that's fucking <laughs> awful, man. He's gonna be a fucking veteran. He brings joy to his fellow comrades by giving them chocolate. He makes taffy in the middle of... Yeah, 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 right. Right. (laughs) Ooh, that's not good. That's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I see it now. Lord. You're dead on. Uh, Hugh Grant. Let's guess the net worth of Hugh Grant. You guys pick your numbers. I'm going to go pee, okay? Okay. Yep. Okay. (laughs) My phone's right there. I mean, we're wrapping up the... I'm wrapping up the show. <laughs> Literally, go, go pee, go, go. Ahead. We can guess faster than you can pee. <laughs> I don't really know. Twenty million. <laughs> uh, carry the one. <laughs> uh, I'll say I don't know. I think Hugh Grant's kind of turned it around yeah. lately. Um, I'm not sure the his his agents are happy with him, but I think he's he's artistically fil- fulfilled the last couple of years. You know, but that's not the game, <laughs> right? The game isn't how artistically fulfilled are you? <laughs> it's not how how Hodorowsky are you, right? It's it's how many Drew Carries are you? We do not accept artistic fulfillment as payment here. <laughs> uh, uh, forty million. Forty million. Forty. Yeah, I'm going to say eleven point five million. Okay, Drew Carey, as we know, worth. million (laughs) dollars. So do the math. We've really given up. (laughs) Uh, We've really given up on on Drew Carey's net worth, huh? He's back. I mean, with inflation. Of course. Understandable. Uh, What do you think, Adam? 40. 40. guest. Uh, guess. 50. Okay. 50? You went up. 50 mil. Yeah, wow. there we go. I said 11.5. <laughs> oh, boy. This, is, this ain't going to be good. Ooh, I feel good. I feel so much better. Just remember, in Britain, you don't need money. You don't, you don't need <laughs> any money. Don't even need teeth. No. Nope. You don't need anything. You just need soccer and beer. That's about right, yeah. The Paddington universe is what I imagine Britain would be if beer didn't exist. Their teeth are a little too nice, though, in that. In they're that. nice. Yeah. They're not drunk. They're not pissing on the sidewalk. That's true, yeah. I love the English, but, like, they're filthy. They're filthy. They're filthy. That's they're what we love about them. I know. I know. They're, they're great. <laughs> Actual net worth of Hugh Grant, $150 million. Holy Adam, you just won this week's edition of... What the fuck? How many Drew Carey? Where the fuck this is this money called How from? many Hugh Grants? <laughs> where did it come from? Where did he get this money? Did you just say where did Hugh get these grants? <laughs> <laughs> no, it should. The game should be called How many Hugh Grants? How, how many Hugh Grants? I thought the same thing, Nico. Uh, uh, did he fucking extort the Queen? Jesus Christ! 
Hugh Grant-led films have generated more than $3 billion worldwide. What? Um, Four Weddings and a Funeral, massive movie, of course. I guess, yeah. The Bridget Jones movies. Oh, yeah. Those are big. Oh, I see. Love Actually, Notting Hill. Is he like a producer? He probably is. Yeah, to a degree, yeah. Uh, Was married to Elizabeth Hurley for a while. Wow. Uh, Oh, over the years, Hugh has developed a large real estate portfolio that at times has numbered dozens of homes. In 2000, he spent three, spent three million on a mansion in London's affluent Chelsea neighborhood. Uh, yeah, okay. So he just good with his money. All right. Good for him. Man, you don't expect it. You never expect it. I think he's a hell of an actor, man. I, I think he's. I think he's really good. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. He shows his range in in Paddington. Yeah. You he's know, been so. showing his range a lot, a lot lately. I never saw the gentleman, but apparently he's uh, really good in that. Best part of the gentleman, right. he's really good in the Undoing with Nicole Kidman. Okay, uh, apropos, uh, really good miniseries on HBO from a couple years ago. Florence Foster Jenkins, Cloud Atlas. <laughs> Who's he in Cloud Atlas? I don't remember. Multiple parts. He's everybody. Yeah, he's everybody. Have you ever seen Cloud Atlas? Yeah. I have seen Cloud Atlas. I can't remember. <laughs> Everyone then, is everyone, Adam. Then you would it doesn't know matter. That it's kind of a dumb question. <laughs> no, I'm trying to remember like who he I don't I don't I do not remember him in Cloud Atlas at all. <laughs> what the hell? All right, this was fun. Man, I love that bear so much. Yeah, I know. I love that bear. I just want yeah. to give him a hug. Be kind to each other, everyone. Mm. Be nice to each other. Show some manners. That's right. Okay. Show some manners. <laughs> Eat some marmalade. Share, share your marmalade yeah. with each other. Yes, <laughs> buddies. Sure. Sure. It might just fix the prison industrial complex. The, the um. crumbling world economy. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Oh, I'm not going to finish that joke. <laughs> okay. Until next time. You and you have been so very, very naughty. Naughty. Naughty.